0: We just wrapped up with coach Zeb Becker. He's the Davis high school golf coach and also the owner of rally factory. And once again, it's another one of my former varsity baseball coaches uh, more specifically my pitching coach. So that was fun. Yeah, it was was cool. I haven't talked to Zeb for quite a while, so it was cool catching up with him uh, especially being, you know, a business owner and a coach. He had just some really interesting perspectives on, All of those things, because obviously during this time of pandemic, it's just wild out there, right? Especially if you own your own business and, you know, specifically what he does, it is very much connected to like a big part of what he does is connected to high school sports teams and college sports teams and and just schools in general. So with those things being shut down, it really has a, a tremendous impact, negative impact on his business. So hearing his perspective on all of those things was really cool. And it was just fun catching up to him and hearing a little bit about his his thoughts on baseball, golf, and just coaching in general. So,
1: yeah, it was fun hearing, um, him call you taco and talk to to you about how you guys will love it. And in the, we recorded this one. Okay. So we talked to him before we recorded for a while. So this part was recorded right when he talked about naming the award after you. That was recorded, right? Yeah. That's it. Okay, that's yeah, nice one. That, yeah, that
0: was that was recorded. That, yeah.
1: That was awesome. So yeah, that was. Um, it. I mean, it's going to be a great episode. You guys are going to enjoy it. He has a lot of, um, just content and good things to say and an um, interesting, way of how he transitioned from coaching baseball to coaching golf right now.
0: Right. Right. So, yeah. I, I just want to point out too the fact that uh, there was a an award that they wanted to name after me at my high school, uh, former high school, Casa Roble. Yeah. that doesn't mean anything to you though right like there's no like increase in level of respect
1: uh eh, maybe like a half a point
0: I'll, i was not expecting that i'll take it all right
1: uh, <laughs> uh, i don't know what that means <laughs> and
0: mean it, it doesn't mean much it doesn't make, make me feel that great i'll but give you fine. half
1: a point there you go
0: i'll take your fake point so <laughs> anyways
1: <laughs>
0: here, here is, uh, is zeb becker
2: right. see Thanks. ya
0: now Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Character Combine, Character Combine. Yeah you're, ready. yeah, you're ready. When he goes beyond the scoreboard, the scoreboard, coaches, coaches, I want you to have the type of voice, type of voice that your athletes will hear
2: decades later and still recognize the leadership that you hold in their life, in their life, in their life,
1: Get this thing, get this thing started.
0: Welcome to the Character Combine podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto.
1: And I am Deb McCollum.
0: And today's guest is the Davis High School golf coach and the owner of Rally Factory and also uh, my former high school pitching coach, Zeb Becker. What's going on, coach? Good, Taco. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm glad you were able to do this. As you know, we had Tup on just a couple episodes ago, so that was fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm like, once we had him on, I was like, we got to talk to Zeb, too. Get, the, get both coaches that, that kind of coached me through my junior and senior year. So I'm excited that you're able to do this.
2: Well I'm honored to be on. i I appreciate the offer.
0: yeah, absolutely. i do want to I do want to share one story about you. i tend I tend to do this with people that um, have either coached me or played with. Uh, and I don't know if you remember this. This is a while ago, but this is one of those things sometimes coaches, and I'm sure Zeb and Deb, you have the same uh, mm-hmm. thing where some coach will say something to you, and it may be about the game. It may not be about the game, but either way, it just sticks with you for some reason. And this is one of those moments. Yeah. we were it was my first year really playing for you. is was fall ball. So it was my, my sophomore season. I was playing fall ball for you guys. And we had a Saturday doubleheader at Laguna Creek. And I wasn't scheduled to pitch that day. But before the game, uh, we were out in the pen, um, just working on some stuff. And I remember the big thing for me, as you probably remember, I was pretty skinny back in high school. There was not much to my legs or my butt. And so, uh, you know, getting that drive, that drive power off my back leg was always a struggle for me because there was no power to, to drive with. And I remember you were kind of trying to, you know, really get that through my head. It's like, hey, yeah, you, use your legs, drive off. And we got doing do the same thing over and over. And then finally, you're like, okay, Taco, Taco, come here. And I, I walked over to you and you put your arm around me. It's like, I'm going to be honest with you, Taco. It looks like you have two pencils sticking out of your butt. And we got we to gotta build these legs up somehow. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we need to figure it out. I'm like, all right, perfect. <laughs> I, don't know to say to, I don't know what to say to that, but I guess I got to get bigger bigger and stronger legs. <laughs>
1: He's oh. telling you to hit the gym and get under a bar and start squatting.
0: That, that was it. I think that year, I that was, that was my first year taking uh, the advanced body conditioning class at, at Casa. So uh, that one's always stuck with me, Coach.
2: I don't know how you feel about that, but <laughs> that's uh, that would be a, a mentor of mine, uh, Gordon Sadler. Uh, he would uh, he was my football coach in high school. Okay. He had all kinds of little sayings and and kind of rubbed off on me. He would go um, the opposite with some of my linemen, you go, uh, that kid's butt so big, uh, you could put three pockets on it.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That that definitely was not my problem,
0: but yeah, that's a, something I always remembered, but I do appreciate that, man. I, I, I remember playing for you. You were always, uh, you were always honest with me, which I appreciated, um, at different points of, you know, of my playing career there. So, um, but yeah, that one, that one sticks out for sure. So, uh, Anyways, we have, some, we have some warm-up questions for you. Um, sure. Deb, what do you got for Zeb? Me
1: That's going to drive me nuts. I didn't, I didn't think about yes. that, but
0: Deb and Zeb rhyme. That's going to mess me up the whole time. I know. Call I'll Coach call you Beck, Beck. too. There right. we go. There we go. Okay.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, when that name is very, like, I was like, oh, that rhymes with my name. And I never get, I've never heard of that name. Anyway, okay, Beck. We'll call you Beck. But, all right. Are you ready for your warm-up questions? There's Sounds three good. of them. Okay, there's three of them. And um, one of them is the signature question. Um, okay. but that's the last one. Um, they all the first two always change with our guests. Um, so the first question is: um, When quarantine was lifted, I guess the first time around, or I guess I can't even. Hang on, really quick. How many times has quarantine been lifted and relifted? I don't even know. Like I the can't even keep track. That's your tra- question,
2: and and it all depends yeah. on you know what you consider In lifted. Terms- versus-
1: Right. Okay. Let's think of it in terms of like restaurants, like you're able to go eat at a restaurant. Mm, So if you, if you can remember, right. If you can remember when quarantine was lifted the first time, okay. Mm -hmm. What, what restaurant did you go to and what did you order?
2: Uh, It was, uh, first of all, the the company was the most important part and uh, that would be my wife. And uh, we went to uh, Trace from and Davis and oh, we, okay. we actually went inside. Um, we oh. normally, which is, it's oddly, it's, they have a beautiful patio. We, uh, we enjoy going out to dinner there. Um, but uh, with everything going on and, and things being lifted, uh, we felt like, let's go inside and change it up a little bit. So we <laughs> sat inside at night yeah. and we had, uh, had our favorites. So it was a, a really, uh, really nice dinner in, here in downtown Davis. Nice. I've got. To, I've got to know what was. What's the favorites there? The mine is a ceviche salad. Yes. Okay. Nice. Yeah. It's. Uh, cool. I've uh, living in in Orangeville for many years. Uh, we always had had uh, our favorites. So Chili, colorado and whatnot and our spots there but uh they, they have a great ceviche and it's light and in and, and uh, growing uh older in my days and and not quite getting the exercise i should uh having a nice ceviche salad is a little a little better than the refried beans there you, <laughs> that's a good call that's a good
0: call and i'm assuming when you're talking about the the spot in orangeville you're talking about la placita
2: yes that's yes.
0: the best man i, I love it there I, my family's been going there for years and uh it does oh, a service better is and better. Oh.
2: Food's awesome. Stick to your ribs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stick I to more. your ribs, Mexican.
0: <laughs> I, right. needed, I needed more of that when I was playing for you, Coach. Then maybe I could have gotten a little bit of a, <laughs> a little bit more zip on the fastball. Question number two. Nice. What you got, Deb?
1: That's awesome. Um, okay, so question number two. It's a would you rather question? So would you rather scuba dive or skydive?
2: Oh, that's uh, that would be a, a very challenging one for my wife. Um, I, uh, and, and a great question because I love scuba dive. I'm certified, um, oh, cool. I'm a Caribbean, uh, diver. I, I'm, not, I'm definitely a warm water diver, um, by no means a, a pro. I, I would call myself a recreation diver. So when we go on vacation, um, I don't know some, something about, uh, so many years ago, I, somebody told me, you know, two thirds of the world is, is underwater. And, and, uh, so I got scuba dived I, and it was probably a little bit of influence. On my parents, both my parents scuba dived, they were cold water. They would go, uh, diving off Fort Bragg and, and, uh, Santa Cruz and, and Monterey and different spots. Wow. Um, I was certified there, um, in Monterey and, uh, that water is really cold. <laughs> so I've enjoyed the, uh, the Caribbean yeah. and the warm water and, and, uh, seeing all the, the color and the life. Yeah. Um, my wife is uh, is enjoyed it with me, although she she's done the uh, the skydiving and, and I'll pass on that. That's
0: man, I'm with you. Yeah,
2: something about something okay. about heights and whatnot. But uh, mm. yeah, hopefully that See, answers the question. Yeah, that
1: no, it does. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely it's, a. I'd rather skydive than. It's a beautiful world down
2: there. And for anybody that doesn't do it, and I get it. If you know, there's everybody has their fear factor. What what they can right. and can't do. But, um it's tranquil uh tranquil it's it's peaceful and it just you kind of go down there and and uh you know some people like to people watch you know you go to a cafe and uh, people yeah. watch uh when i dive that's that's how i feel i feel like i'm i'm just there to observe and and to to enjoy a 30 40 minute um life yeah. under under the water yeah it's beautiful wow
1: That I sounds like that. Sex.
2: I, yeah. I
0: haven't done either one, but I'm with you. The idea, I mean, willingly jumping out of a plane makes no sense to me. Like you have the parachute, but I'm like, what are we doing here? I'm with you. Yeah. Man. I, I'm not, yeah. I enjoy snorkeling, so I think the next step has got to be scuba diving. So,
2: and that's I think that's uh, it's steps, right? It's sure. uh be, before you get to move on to uh, the nasty hook you, you got you gotta figure out how to, uh, how to how to throw that fastball and, and work on that change up before you move on to the next level and snorkeling is is a good
1: step right yeah yep yeah I love it love it that's awesome that was a good answer yes um the last question i I ask every guest this i'm just I'm, I'm obsessed with music and just how it makes you feel and just how it kind of helps you express you know, just life. So if you could pick a song that kind of, you know, expresses the your, the season of life that you're in right now, like if you hear it, you're like, yep, that's me. That's what, that's, what's going on in my world right mm. now. Um, what song would that be? And a lot of people have trouble picking just one song. So if you want to pick.
2: That's two, a great question, Deb. Um, music to me, I, I, and you're absolutely right. Music can, can really set the tone for where you're at in your life at that moment. Maybe it's i am I I'm, I'm a big music buff. Um, I don't have any skills and and maybe that's why I enjoy it so much as, you know, I I can't play a lick. I've tried piano lessons as, as a young teenager and, and I don't know, I can't carry notes. So it just, um, but music, as far as uh, appreciation, I've always, I always have something playing in the background in most cases. Um, yeah. Matter of fact, uh, that's been something I've been coaching with in recent, you know, asking my athletes, you know, what's your song, what, while you're walking down the fairway, what, what's going on in your head. And, uh, um, so to, and then they're in baseball. My son, you know, eleven year old, is uh, going through the little league ranks, and and he and I, before we uh, we drive to the ball game, I ask him, you know, what's your what's your walk up song today, you know, and he and I will pick out a, a song. So awesome. I guess it, my question is, walk up song, but my overall is uh, probably uh, Ryan Shoup, uh band, the Rubber Band. They they have a song called uh, Dream Big. Okay, that one is quite amazing uh, it's obviously dream big is i'm a dreamer um always kind of looking to create and do something fun um but besides the obvious of of the lyrics of being positive um he also has has some some good spots in there of you know there there's some tough times and and figure out how to flush it right so I really like the lyrics and and uh, i'm a I'm a backwoods country guy, so it has a little banjo and good rhythm to it. So, Ryan nice. Shoop. Ryan Shoop. I'm writing that down right now. Ryan Shoop. Dream, Dream Big the, is the song.
1: Dream Big.
2: Awesome. I Very love
1: nice. it. Yeah,
2: that's good. It's hard that's to perfect. pick one, but yeah, yeah. everything I out there. I'm not sure that would be the that would be my choice. <laughs> right? I need to get a little <laughs> little more juice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Maybe. Maybe a little ACDC or something like that. There you go. I yeah. like it. I like it. Well, hey, you survived, you survived cool. the warm-up questions. Well All done. All right.
2: Now it's the Now it's the easy
0: <laughs> stuff. You, you, you passed the first yeah. test. So, uh, you know, our first question for everybody we talked to is the same. And we just want to know a little bit about your athletic and coaching background and basically how you got to where you are right now.
2: Mm. Well, uh, let's see. 47 now. Uh, grew up in a in a small town. Um, three sport athlete. Uh, played the played the big three, I guess you could say, football, basketball, baseball. Um, I would say say big fish, small pond. I would say more like medium fish, small pond, right? <laughs> yeah. um, played quarterback, point guard, middle infielder. So um, rather than. Uh, the athletic part, I, I really enjoyed the leadership part. Um, of course, I, I like to p- compete and whatnot, but um, that was my, my thing as a, as a high school athlete. Um, played for a guy named Gordon Sadler, like I mentioned. He was uh, just uh, the small town high school football coach, also my baseball coach. Um, just an awesome guy. He had surrounded himself with amazing assistant coaches, um, used humor a lot. Um, he was tough as nails. I mean, he didn't let us get away with anything and and he ran a winning program. So played for him and, and, uh, and then, uh, transferred or moved down to uh, Sierra college played for Steve Eeks. Um, no longer played more, more than one uh, sport. So, uh, played for Steve Eeks at Sierra. Um, he later became a mentor. I'd love to talk about him. Um, and yeah. he's been a big influence on my life, uh, after Cal state, uh, or excuse me, after uh, Sierra, Sierra transferred to Cal state East Bay, uh, lived in the Bay area for a couple of years, uh, competed in the, when is that? The NCAC Northern California athletic conference division two against UC Davis and Chico state and, uh, San Francisco state I think was in that conference. Um, uh, matter of fact, uh, Chico state, uh, was uh, the national champions. So, uh, in conference, we had a tough, tough schedule. So, um, that was my, my playing days. And then, um, probably, I think I took about two or three years off out, out of college, started my business the, the day I graduated. And I probably, I was tinkering around with it my senior year in college and started my business. And I went through, uh, what I called the uh, the baseball blues or and I'm sure other athletes uh, in other sports go through this but when when the lights are turned out and they you're no longer play i I kind of sputtered a little bit and just didn't know exactly um, you know I started my business but there was definitely an empty void mm-hmm. um, so the business was was a way for me to compete and um, but I sure certainly missed it and and uh, I was living in the bay uh, it was extremely expensive um, I was during during the dot-com boom uh, you know 90 graduated in 97 so 98 99 um, was down in San Jose and and a uh, matter of fact uh, started the business at one point um, I lived in a warehouse had a bathroom um, so My, my, uh, I was actually staying there and I would go to the gym every night to take shower, get a workout in and take shower because, uh, the warehouse I I was living in, because I had my, my business equipment in the warehouse and whatnot. And, uh, so I'd work out, get my shower on. But after a couple of years of that, I said, you know, I I really need to move on and get in a spot where, uh, I could afford to, to eventually buy my own home and, and whatnot. So I moved back to Sacramento, um, Ended up joint, starting to play baseball again. So I uh, joined uh, Steve Eakes, which I mentioned. was uh, a, He had a team. Um, it was kind of a, an amateur. I don't want to call it semi-pro because that's kind of a joke uh, in, in the movies nowadays. But he, he certainly did have uh, one of the most special or, or the best amateur baseball team in history. Um, and that the way that goes is ABCA, which is the American Baseball Conference. They have a a men's or over beyond professional uh, amateur baseball program, and they have won uh, the World Series. Which you have to earn your way to this um, World Series three times. No other team has ever made it, and they, they play teams from Puerto Rico and Cuba and. Um, just all over the world, these teams would try to join. When I was in college, I wasn't quite good enough to make that team, but I don't know if it, they were getting up in age and and I had just, I don't know, just a, a good feeling about playing with them and, and it got my juices flowing and, and got to play with them for a few years and experience what the Sacramento and the, the name of that team was the Sacramento Cardinals. And, um, someday somebody's going to write, write a book about these, these guys. There's, um, just a phenomenal group uh many of them brad gunter and uh, oh, yeah. uh some of the guys uh, jeff nearson i mean there's countless guys that are in the coaching ranks that were a part of that uh, that program um matter of fact they would go up and travel over all, all over northern california and play the humble crabs and um the uh, santa maria or uh, i believe can't remember the the foresters and just some legendary, uh, amateur teams. And, and they were, they were the top. They were very tough, uh, tough team to beat. And I got, was very fortunate to uh, be able to play with them for a couple seasons. So that's awesome. and then, uh, when, when I finished up doing that, I, they all retired, they were getting up in age and starting families and whatnot. Um, there was a few of us that wanted to continue to play. Um, and, um, so we started our another team, and uh, that's when I started coaching with TUP. And and meanwhile, we're just running the business. Yeah, and started coaching high school uh, baseball. I think I spent five years with TUP, and uh, then I had a family, and I had to step down. So that's I think that covers it. Pretty long time period yeah. of time. So um, I stepped away for a few years, and uh, and now. My my kids are kind of getting up there in age, and and we moved to Davis a few years ago, and, and the golf position came up, and mm-hmm. I can fill you in on that detail if you'd like.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: for sure. Uh, man, I have I have some notes here based on what you just <laughs> said. This is where we tend to get in trouble, Coach, is we start yeah. getting sidetracked because of uh, things that our guest says. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I'm not, your, we, I'm not sure. We start to, start
1: to, we start to hog the questions too. Right. <laughs> like we like cut each other off. Well, I want to know while Josh is thinking of yeah. his next question. So what got you, I mean, what got you going with golf and what yeah. was that key pivotal moment of I'm going to coach golf and how did you get into all that?
2: Uh, golf was, I've always, I, I think it, a lot had to do with, uh, coaching Josh, and being a pitching coach—that's hmm. um, oh. interesting. First, first, I would like to say, Debbie, and I, you might not know this, but um, Mr. Taco—he um, has an award at Casa Roble that was uh, that was oh. named after him. <laughs> now, really? it never officially became the Josh Takamoto Award because yeah. he humbly yeah, I do declined. <laughs>
1: wow and yeah. that
2: that award was was uh, set up by my good friend ed tupper uh to be named after uh, each kid um, from from the year after he left was to be named after the the best teammate wow oh thank you for sharing well, that i you, i kind of forgot didn't about want, that
1: you didn't want the award named after you what's wrong with you Come i on. know
0: that's what that's what they said too <laughs> I remember I, I I stopped by the one of your guys' games to talk to you about that because I think Tep or Tep, uh texted me about it yeah. and like I thought about it I'm like I just something about it just didn't feel right I, maybe it's just because it was a it should have just been like a teammate award I don't know like Zeb said I was trying to be humble um, well not that I
2: didn't I, appreciate the honor I definitely appreciated it but um, I'd like to ma- mention that that in that there is a conundrum amongst athletes and coaches. Because we're taught this humbleness, right? We're taught to team first. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult. And, I, and I, we put you in a, in a situation. You were young. Um, yeah. But you were one, the epitome of what a great teammate should be. So oh, uh, in, my, in my mind, you will always go down as or the best teammate at Casa is the Josh Takamonga award wow. mr taco well
0: thank you very much i i do appreciate that i feel like we could end the podcast right now <laughs> yeah. I, I may just cut that it, one soundbite and just play it over and over i'll just play is it, it too
1: late can he change <laughs> is it too late can he accept the award as like his name can we change the name we can <laughs>
0: that's okay We'll we'll let it we'll All let it be d- I'll be honest though. Now, nowadays I might've accepted it, but back then.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's cool though. Yeah. No, I appreciate you
0: sharing that. I, uh, that's funny. I completely forgot that, uh, we had that conversation after Tup initially contacted Mm. me and I had to, I didn't have to, but I decided to decline it. But I did, I will say, I feel like the, the compromise was I did show up for that year's end of team party and I did stand up there with Tup, uh, to present it to someone. I forgot who it was. Um, I want to say Brett Ball, but I don't think it was Brett Ball. I think it was someone else. That,
2: that's a good teammate right there. That, I, that, I love that, Brett. Yeah.
0: yeah. We, did, we weren't teammates uh, at the high school level, but during uh, the Ponyball days, I was a teammate of his a couple of times, and it, it made sense that he won that award once or twice. But, uh, no, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you for the kind words. I do appreciate that.
2: Well, Deb, I spent a lot of time um, with individuals um, while the team was out doing double plays and the outfielders were working on on uh, drop steps and cuts, you know, I, I would spend, you know, like most pitching coaches, one on one with with athletes, um, Josh and, and many great great young pitchers coming out of the Orangeville area, and, and it really gave me a chance to connect. Uh, with the, with the athletes. And then over time, uh, I just watch mechanics and, and what are people doing and what's going on in their mind? You know, what, what's their attitude like, um, during a bullpen session. So as let's fast forward, say 10 years or 15 years, time flies. Um, during the period of, of when my kids were my, my little babies, um, I didn't have time necessarily to go play, play four hours of golf. I always had a golf passion. I played, played on the spare time in college and, and uh, after college. But I, with the, the little kids, I didn't have time. So I became um, what I call a range rat. So I would go to a range and, and just be in my thoughts doing this repetitive motion you know, over and over and over. And can I shape this shot this way or that way? And in, in 45 minutes to an hour, I've, uh, I've knocked out, you know, a hundred, a hundred balls. And, and I really started going back into training with these pitchers. The motion is really similar. Hmm. There is a slow um, wind up or a, a, you know, stretch. And then I have to come to um, a reverse right a pause and then and then an explosion um, and then I was also fascinated with with what is going the mind you know what is going on in the athlete's mind. I never played an individual sport growing up except except for maybe when I think junior high school wrestling and i I lost a match and and that really was. Tough I mean it was really i couldn't blame anybody else. It was mm. my loss and so I, I was fascinated about golf and, and individual sport. i'd never been really into that circle uh, of sports, so um, when the Davis high school job opened up, I thought you know i have the, I have just enough time commitment wise that I could do this and and uh, and and really enjoy watching these young athletes uh, perform and and kind of pick their brain what goes on. Did that that answer my switch from baseball to golf?
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense, and that's really interesting. Um, I play play golf just for fun and, like, almost don't even keep score, but um, it's definitely a mind – like I didn't, I've never played individual sports either. So I know, I know what you're talking about in terms of, am I going to decide to take this swing seriously? I don't know. <laughs> Let me th- I got to think about it if I am. And sometimes I do. And sometimes like I seriously will get mentally tired and just be like, yeah, whatever. And I'll just swing without even thinking about any, you know, my two, I do like a two count on my backstroke. And then like, I just, I'm like, Neh. but um, yeah, it's definitely, it could be mentally exhausting. That individual, sport, that, and,
2: in the uh, and that's that's interesting that you say that too because in a in a basketball and base in in football that I mean that timer really has something. Mm-hmm. The speed of the game is a little faster, obviously with basketball. Yeah. Um, baseball that three, it, it, I guess maybe in a high school game, it's two hour, two and a half hours, right? Mm-hmm. But. Uh, to be able to stay on point or focused for a 18 hole round and, and to to have that singular focus. It's amazing.
1: I can barely stay focused for five holes. That's all I got is five. (laughs) And I'm done.
0: No, we've talked about that a lot as far as, because you know, Deb played softball. I played baseball. Mm -hmm. Obviously you played baseball, uh, Zeb, but it's an interesting sport because it is so much slower. And, you know, we've always talked, say you're, you're playing shortstop for your team, and you're up to bat, you strike out, you a know, bat at bat. Well, then you have to go out to the field. And if you're not aware of where you're at mentally, you could carry that at bat into the field and then potentially make an error because your mind's not on that next play, your mind's still on the previous at bat. And if you really let it fester, then it could potentially go into your following at bat. And it's because you have so much time out in the field to think because it is a much slower game. Whereas in football, you can still be thinking about the the next play, but it's a little quicker pace. Same with, I mean, like you said, basketball even faster where you miss a shot, you got to get back on defense and then get ready to, you know, defend. So it is a, this, this, the pace of the game, I think, really makes it a challenging mental test, potentially.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, in all sports, it's the tempo. There's a lot going on. Right. Top and I and, and other coaches um, I've talked to it's it's fascinating uh, just the word moment, momentum and recognizing the different momentums because there's in football I, I remember there is time to to recognize momentum I yes it is a fast game
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, but you, you really need to focus and and recognize when and momentum is comes in all shapes and forms right it doesn't mean uh, in, in football just because they scored a touchdown against you um, that 's obvious momentum, okay, yeah, they have momentum, but momentum can be small things inside the game um, whether in in all different sports right the, You see good coaches in basketball. Uh, when When a team goes on a run, uh, a basketball coach is, is calling timeout at the right time, right not letting that game get out of hand and, and really con- controlling the momentum i 'm more fascinated on how do how do the athletes recognize that that 's something that i 've mm. constantly trying to figure out how to teach or coach momentum and recognizing momentum
0: yeah well, especially in a, in a team sport right because you you need multiple athletes on that team to recognize that same momentum, you know, mm. to really, to really put a stop to it. Cause I mean, you might have one athlete that recognizes it, but you know, that can only do so much, but if you can kind of train your team to understand the momentum and the feel of the game, I think that'd be huge, a huge advantage for them for sure. Oh, yeah. um, let me ask you this. What do you think is uh, more mentally, what requires more mental toughness, baseball or golf?
2: Hmm. uh, uh, that's a good question. Uh, there's more failure in, in baseball. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, just the percentage wise, if, you know, to strike out, uh, and, and to not get on base or, uh, you know, 70% of the time, there's a lot of failure. Sure. Uh, there is with golf, there's, you have to learn how to flush, the, the not so goods, right. It's the, it's these medium scenarios. It's, there is a bogey out there or there is a, I guess the, the, the target. It's funny. We say in the world of, you know, sayings of um, aim small, miss small, but in reality, let's say from a hundred yards in the PGA from a hundred yards, the average distance to the pin is 18 feet so from 100 yards you stand there and you look at it and you go I have a wedge in my hand 18 feet and I'm in some cases I missed the green from 100 yards Hmm. and which is that happens on the PGA too it's 18 feet's not that close but what we're used to at least as a fan you watch the PGA and you go oh that kick that guy's throwing darts and he's he's sitting at, you know, three feet away and he's got tap ends for birdie. Well, you, you mentally have to prepare yourself. What's tough about it is, is accepting mediocre or what is mediocre? What is that? What's the definition of that? And don't get down too hard on yourself. Hmm. You go, okay. I'm on the green and okay. Maybe I do have a, a 30 footer for birdie and go, you know, I can I can make this putt nice lag putt tap in and move on to the next hole because in that particular hole I didn't throw a dart but maybe the next one or will maybe is right it's just keep on plugging away,
1: man. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I well, don't golf.
0: I don't golf at all. I go I go <laughs> I go to top golf every once in a while and it's not it's not pretty there either. But the food's yeah. good, so I'm getting Please. something out of it. But. Uh,
2: so, I, I have a question. Is there a sensation when you strike the ball well? Do you – is there a, a – because that, to me, got me hooked back in the – because I went from, from hitting a baseball yeah. to, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start playing golf. And I was – I'm with you. I was – yep. not start off as a good golfer. But there was this sensation of making that connection. There's, that feels good.
0: It does feel good. I'm going to be honest yeah. with you. When I strike it well, it's more of sh- more of a shock right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I surprised <laughs> myself, but I can see, I can see what you're saying for sure. Um, how you, I mean, I, I think that's what everybody says, right? When they, when they right. start that golf journey, it, mm-hmm. it was like one moment, you know, one hit, you know, something. There's just like kind of one moment where they're like, okay, now I'm obsessed with this and I'm hooked. Haven't quite gotten yeah. there yet, but it, it knows it might, it
2: might, it might happen. Nothing's, <laughs> out, nothing's out of the question. I look forward to a round with you someday, Taco. Hey, there we go. <laughs> yeah, awesome.
1: You're hey, more than too.
2: welcome to come on over here, and we'll we'll Give get in, run it, and yeah. I'll use the the nine hole deal. I'm I'm an advocate. We uh, I actually play five holes. That's that's more uh, more common for me to play five holes than it is anything else. I can okay. get, get in and out of the course uh, in forty five minutes and feel like. Yeah, I got five holes in. It
1: felt good.
2: Yeah. That's
1: Maybe what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like there it. There you go. There yeah. you go. Hey, um, so I'm going to cut go you ahead. off real quick
0: because I want to get this out real quick. Yeah. So I want to go back to something you said really early yeah. in your in your playing days. And you mentioned that mm. you were interested in the sports, but you were more so interested in the leadership. Uh, that's really interesting because I don't think we've ever had a guest say something like that when it comes to their to their playing days. Um, so it's interesting that you recognize it that early. And something we've often said with coaches is that if you're, I think Deb, I think you said this before, if you're a coach, there's a good chance that you're a leader in multiple areas of life. And we know that's the case for you, Zeb, because you're, you're a father, you're a husband, you're a business owner, you're a coach. Um, so can you walk me through that a little bit as far as at what point did you recognize that you were more interested in the leadership rather than like the sport itself? Cause I, I find that really interesting.
2: Uh, I, I, I didn't have any brothers or sisters, uh, growing up. So teen sports was my, that was my family. Sure. Right. My, I didn't, my parents actually weren't sports, sports people either. Um, uh, my mother was awesome. She made sure that I had that outlet and she knew it was really important to, for me. Um, but I, I don't know at what point in, in, it was somewhere in high school, I was, I was usually smaller, uh, especially in in the grade schools. But when I got into high school, I was average, if not a little bit smaller. And there were, in some cases, or maybe, maybe in several cases, I was, I was not the best athlete or I was undersized and there was bigger stronger guys. And I watched them in, in leadership roles. And I didn't feel like my teammates were following. So and I just or it was just my personality of maybe being a bit of a boss and saying, hey, follow me. Let's go. And and I wasn't afraid to speak up. And, and there are a lot of in my years, there are the some phenomenal teammates I've had that were quiet leaders. Sure. Um, and then there's personalities maybe more like myself where I wasn't uh, I wasn't bashful about saying, hey, you know, when when needed i would use my voice and and in some cases it was jump on my back and let's go <laughs> yeah so i enjoyed that part
0: that's interesting because i feel like that's a, a really good thing for coaches to hear too coaches and athletes but i think sometimes we we see certain types of coaches either we we see them on tv or in a podcast or we hear or we read read one of their books and we think okay i want a coach like say i want to coach like phil jackson you know, and you can take a lot of great things away from what Phil Jackson does. But to have that same personality may not fit the current coach that's reading that book, or listening to that interview. And so sometimes you have coaches that try to implement that same personality into theirs. And they may be a B type personality trying to aim for an A type personality. And it just doesn't seem genuine. So the fact that you recognize that it's like, no, I'm I'm an A type, I, I bark a little bit, I'm not the quiet leader, like some of these guys, and this is what I need to play to my strengths. So I think that's a great thing for I think any coach or athlete to hear because I think sometimes we want to we want to try to be something that we're naturally not, and I think those two things conflict and sometimes cause problems.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So that's interesting. I like that. That's uh, that's cool that you you recognize the leadership thing so early. Um, like I said, I, just, I don't think we've ever had a guest say that. Yeah. Yeah. Good.
1: Hey, coach. So I um, I'm just. I'm also an assistant athletic director at Sheldon High School. Well, like I keep thinking, sorry, my brain stopped because I'm like, I, I can't. I don't even know how or what the upcoming seasons are going to look like, with with just the modified sports season, right? With the um, fall sport being in the spring, and then winter and spring. I mean, yeah. Wait, no, fall being in the winter. Excuse me, and then winter and spring mm-hmm. being and in, in all in the spring. So what what are you thinking and um just you know how are you feeling with just the upcoming you know golf season for you and just the modified sports calendar and you know just kind of everything that's going on right now like what's going through your mind as a coach
2: um i i'd be lying if i wouldn't say i wasn't frustrated um with covid i think uh COVID, COVID has got a hold of our, our entire society in, in so many different ways. Um, so I'm really just, uh, I'm trying to take it, the, the cliche uh, um, and not trying to grasp onto when it will happen or if it will happen. Yeah, of course that's running through my mind here and there, but um, I'm, I'm really trying to stay strong with, with not uh, de- being so determined because of possibilities of being let down um i do feel bad for um the seniors that lost uh, their season last year and 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 it's it's unfortunate um but humans are resilient um the, you know many of the the guys uh, we had uh, finished strong with uh, with um uh, around together, even though there was COVID. We were fortunate um, because of golf when the restrictions were released, we were able to go out as a team or as a group and and play around and kind of have a a final um, Mm. uh, for them to move on, for the seniors to move on and and go to college and and whatnot. Um, But moving forward for this upcoming season, um, I'm optimistic. You know, uh, the – Obviously there could be setbacks and, and, you know, we'll deal with those when they come. Um, Yeah. Just bring it, bring it on. And and in the, in the meantime, just preparing Um, uh, my guys, it's golf is a lot different. There's the, there's a, it's, it's up to these athletes to prepare and and to be ready um we've given them access to the two courses actually there's three courses um, making sure they have access during during the off season me- meaning this summer we ran a little um, summer program and and mostly it was um pre-high school some of the the younger kids um coming out and, and chipping and putting and playing a few holes um, the high school kids um, they either work at the course, um, uh, maybe they're members, or they have a junior membership. Um, so they're, they're getting their work out in, um, getting their, their holes in and, and whatnot. So I'm sure they'll be ready, and, and um, it'll be fun to watch. I, I would like to get my first full season because last year, um, I that was my first year, and, and I, we got uh, the first tournament in mm-hmm. and one match against, a uh, matter of fact, uh, Sheldon.
1: Sheldon came, came to visit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was short, unfortunately.
0: What a wild start too. because we had, we've had other coaches, uh, Kira McKechnie, who's the soft head softball coach over at Christian brothers high school. Same thing. It was her first head coaching gig Mm -hmm. this past year. And what they got four or five games in maybe. And then all of a sudden now you're having the tough conversations with athletes. Like you said, seniors, they're asking hey what's the deal with the season and she has to break that you know horrible news to them that hey this was your last high school game i'm sorry so what you know just a wild thing for any coach but especially coaches like yourself or people who are just starting coaching either their entire coaching career or coaching at one a different school or a different sport like yourself i mean i can't even imagine just the challenges that that would come with that but um sorry excuse me um but that, that being said though, like you're a, you're a business owner too. So you're not just feeling this in one aspect, you know what I mean? And the, the, I want you to talk a little bit about what your business is rally factory. But, um, the more I thought, cause when I talked to Tupp, the more I thought about what you do, the more I realized, Oh man, like the school shutting down is a massive blow to your, to your business. No sports being played is a massive blow. It's like, geez, you know, just a a lot of craziness, I'm sure for you. So if you don't mind, can you just walk us through a little bit about what Rally Factory is, and then how you've been doing during this entire pandemic?
2: Sure, sure. Well, I married my two passions. Um, I, I, when I was a kid, I liked to draw um, do cartoons and uh, painting. And um, it's just different uh different media uh, I did clay and all different types of creative that's that's my the creative side my dreamer side right yeah. um and then sports so um I married uh, married those two passions I was either going to be a teacher um or an artist and and somehow I kind of figured out uh, how to how to do both so I started designing uh sportswear for teams and and gear and um, I bought a printing press, and and shoot, 22 years later, um, here we are. We're still trucking along, and, and so we uh, we outfit many many high schools, colleges, universities um, with uniforms, hats, jackets, t-shirts, uh, practice wear, uh, you name it. Um, we do hard goods as well, uh, which is um, in some ways I'm just the wholesaler. So our industry is there's. In some ways, there's two different types of business models. There's what they call the team dealer, and the team dealer um, in in the old days was a regional or a local um, person that would sell to schools and and travel teams and uh, AAU uh, clubs, uniforms and hard goods, and then. Uh, the other model is what, what they would call a decorator, uh, whether it be a screen printer or an embroider um, and And I say when I first came into the industry um, being in nineteen ninety seven you were either one or the other, and I did both i i put it I just felt strongly about if A coach uh, was going to communicate or or put it in order with me that I wasn't going to take that order and have somebody else do the work and not have control. Again, I guess that's the leadership um, um, part that, uh, and I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the process um, of of printing and embroidering, decorating uh, garments and making teams and outfitting teams, making them look good. It was, uh, it's very rewarding in that, in that manner. Um so I've been doing that uh 20 22 23 years now so and um got to as many as I think it was uh, at the peak was about 12 to 14 employees um in recent years the industry has changed a lot um in in recent years um for for a smaller or a, a regional dealer and, and printer um, it wasn't for the better uh, big big out- of state corporations have come in um, that I uh, hadn't uh, didn't have to compete against in the past mm-hmm. um, with that said um, you know, good competition's good so uh, you know, it is what it is so in some ways that prepared me for the this year um, covid um, a couple of years ago, I've helped my wife out, and um, I've I've done um, other things outside of this I've enjoyed. And uh, I think it was five years ago, my my wife asked me to be her assistant, um, and she's a pharmacist. And so, um, fortunately, I've been, I've helped her with that, and that's put me and our family in a position to where we will withstand uh, COVID. Uh, rally Factory, the, the business part of it, um, has really suffered schools and sports being out. But I've always, I hang my hat on the fact that it's, in some ways, it's recession resistant. In the 08 time period of when the housing market crashed, we were doing pretty well. Um, schools and sports still go on. And the what I I like to say is if the economy is is tough... Moms and dads are still going to make sure Johnny and and Joe or Jill, you know, the the boys and little girls are still going to play softball and basketball. And maybe they, maybe the parents aren't going to go out to dinner as often, but they're still going to make sure that the kids are playing sports and have, and and if they're playing sports, I have a job. I have uniforms to make, um, and gear to produce, um, which puts bread on the, on the table for me. Um, I never expected uh, to see schools being shut down the way they are, and and um, yeah, it's it's been a re- really really bad year um, mm-hmm. as far as numbers for Rally Factory. Although I'm in a position, I've I've telling I, I and I have a right hand man, uh, Ron Diller is is my general manager, and he and I were college teammates. Guy is just a, an amazing person. Um, he, he helps me out, runs the business, uh, like it's his own, um, takes care of everybody. Just an awesome dude. And, and, uh, we will get through it. It's just a matter of time when, when schools and sports are fired back up, um, we'll be busier than ever. And, And for anybody that's listening out there, um, that are, that are coaches, whether you're ordering through me or another company, I highly recommend getting it prepared, because like no other, our industry will be slammed in a, in a season that it's never seen before. For example, um, our industry normally, <clears throat> I would say usually end of July, August, we, we do two-thirds of, of our a year between August and November. It's just because of all the fall sports are getting fired up. Winter sports are right around the corner. And while those two are actually either playing or preparing, it's almost as if we as as at a young age have learned that back to school means buy, um, prepare. So even my spring sports are normally uh, preparing, getting orders in um, and we have time to get it all dialed in and ready to go for spring this isn't that this is abnormal so what's we're preparing my team right now is preparing at the shop is more of a november december so all these orders are going to start coming in and the timing is going to be different and i'm curious how the other uh, businesses um, in in our industry manage this because it will be a, a different time timing than what we're used to. Right.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: that's, that's crazy. It actually brings me uh, to something that I mentioned with the, in the podcast with Tup is something that used to say, kind of forgot that it was your saying, but proper preparation prevents poor performance was something you used to say quite a bit when I was playing ball for you. So uh, that probably, probably applies now more than ever. Right. Like you just said, for anybody who's out there who needs uniforms or apparel, you know, I would probably stick very closely to that mantra.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, and uh, there, there is another Gordon Saddle- Sadler ism. Um, okay. It, yeah, that was one I got from from Coach Sadler. He had he had lots of them. It, it sounds
0: like it. It sounds like it. It's a great coach then.
2: Yes, he um, was.
0: Well, that's that's awesome, man. To hear that, I mean, it seems like you have a really. Positive outlook on everything, and I think I mean even going back into your your background, talking about living in a warehouse, trying to grind you know grind until you could get your business up and running. I mean, it seems like it's just part of who you are. Again, the leadership aspect and the mental toughness that we've been talking about. I mean, it's it's you know in a lot of ways it sounds like you've been built for this type of moment. <laughs> so that's a that's a good thing.
2: I got a good one for you, Taco. I just heard this the other day on uh, a friend of mine sent me from uh, Colin Cowherd. Um, yeah. he, let me get this guy's name and, and I, let me get it here. I was just, just looking at, he's talking is Trevor Moad? Does that ring a bell? The name sounds familiar. I,
0: I can't, it sounds he, vaguely familiar.
2: I think he was talking, he's, he's a uh, mentoring or coaching. He's a, he's a, a mental coach for Georgia. He's done Alabama oh. and he's doing, uh, he's helping out Russell Wilson um, oh, interesting! That's really, good out well. Stuff. He was talking about, uh, and I, I really enjoyed it about finding neutral.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
2: So, okay. it, you know, I, I could say, "Hey, everything is good," and be super positive, which that's not that's not reality. It's right, right. now. It's tough. It's a grind, right? The the for all of us that there's there's nobody that this is COVID isn't affecting. Um, and I think he was using something along the example of Tony Robbins, great positive guy. Right. And there's many speakers that, that stay positive and really focus on the positive mm-hmm. where this guy, uh, Trevor was really talking about is in, in some cases the positive, the personality can't get to positive, right? The mm-hmm the person that that the the athlete or the the business owner they're in reality of they can't get to positive so he's more focused on getting to neutral so eliminating the negative and just being cool with neutral and i i that kind of went home home to me where yeah you're right if if i dwell on the negative which is much more powerful than the positive right i could say Oh, I can, I'm can. i going to hit a hole in one, and I can hit a hole in one until I'm blue in the face. And be positive and be positive it doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to result in a positive versus I see water, I see trees, I see water, and I, if I dwell on the negative, right, where he, I think what he's talking about is, just trying to stay neutral. Don't get too, uh, too low. Right. And, and we've all of the coaches I've talked to over the years, been around is don't get too high. Don't get too low. Find that neutral. Right. Yeah.
0: That's good. That's, so that's, uh, that's where I'm at.
2: I'm, I'm, you know, finding the neutral there is, there is a positive. It's not here yet, but it will be soon. Right.
0: That's awesome. I like that's probably the yeah. soundbite I used for your, uh, your promo
2: clip, Coach. That's really good. I yeah. like that. Um, well, I, it's not mine, so <laughs> you'll have to check them out. You know, Cowherd uh, had that. Okay, I'll, ch- I'll check that out for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, we want to be, good. we want to make sure we're respectful of your time. We appreciate you uh, hopping on the podcast to chat with us for a little bit. Um, you know, the one last question I want to ask you. No, I lied. I'm sorry. I have two two questions I want to ask you. Is, uh, you have time. You perfect. Have perfect. <laughs> so obviously you're pretty busy, um, especially when things are especially when things are you know going full force. Business, coaching, family, all that stuff. Uh, how do you how do you balance all of those things? Because I think for some coaches it can become incredibly overwhelming trying to do all that, and and sometimes one of those areas really suffers. And I'm always interested in in learning how coaches like yourself who are really busy maintain all that balance all that and then what do you do in your free time just to relax and kind of take your mind off of off of the craziness
2: Mm, good question um i would say i again i've 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 tried to marry marry all of it together and in some ways i've i'm i might struggle to the definition right um being a coach, I've, I, I involve my kids. So mm-hmm. I, the, the, that, so then I get the family part, right? Yeah. Um, I married smart. <laughs> so, <laughs> there uh, you she, go. She's a, uh, she's a supporter uh, and that's been a tremendous, uh, help. Um, so the, in, in, the business, uh, I'm in sports. Um, I'm around athletes, which, uh, and, in competitors, uh, so that uh, that helps me. So I I think that's the balance is is I've never worked a day in my life, and I don't feel like I've been too far away from my family. I've you know I've in some cases I've I haven't uh, chased uh, the, my profession as hard as maybe I I could have um, for the sake of I just enjoy being around the family. Um, that's much more Im- important, uh, to me and, uh, and being able to have them, you know, the kids will come over to the shop and, and, uh, you know, they, they think it's really cool that dad makes, you know, the, the high school basketball team uniforms exactly. and <laughs> they, they, yeah. so it, they think that's cool, but they're young enough to where, you know, that's still cool. There'll be a right. time <laughs> <where they'll> get, <laughs> I'll actually put them to work and it won't be so cool. It's like I remember, when this is fun. Not anymore. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Uh, a lot
0: to, of respect yeah, to you. Is, it's vacation. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna interrupt you real quick. Yeah.
2: Because
0: um, I just want to say, man, it's in it's impressive. A lot of respect for what you said about not chasing your the career side as much as you potentially could have. Because earlier in the podcast, you said you're you're a dreamer, right? Like. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a wild guess and say that your mind's always going, uh, you know, with the next thing, the next creative idea. What's the next thing I can, you know, build or do? And I think sometimes when people have that type of personality, when there is a dreamer, that's tough to turn off. I mean, even for this podcast, like my mind's constantly going about the next thing we can do, the next guest we can have on, how we can make it better, and it's tough to turn it off. So, man, a lot of respect for your ability to do that. You know, knowing that you're a dreamer too.
2: <laughs> it's. Uh... My wife and I both, both enjoy that part. We have conversations uh, about those um, aspirations and dreams and, and ideas, uh, whether it be business uh, um, or, or whatever. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, and if it's right and it fits um, we do it as a family and that's, that's the key. Right. And then her business um, that we just did, uh, that, that was part of that. It was, it was a family affair. And, and we, we, uh, we've really had a, a good time and, and uh, it's helped us out tremendously.
0: Man, I love it. Hear, love hearing that. Yeah. Deb, awesome. you want you want to take us home with this last question?
1: Yes. Um, okay, coach. So um, this is obviously called the Character Combine podcast. So we always want to ask um, our guests and coaches, um, what does the word character mean to you? And um, how, how important do you think it is? you know, to teach your athletes character and to help them, you know, build that aspect, um, within their life and, you know, um, within their sport.
2: Hmm. Yeah. I, 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 Tup got me, um, took me into character combine and, and, uh, I'm sure you guys have heard, there's so many great speakers and, and people you guys have interviewed, um, I'm sure you've heard this a million, million times that the, I would say it's what's that person like when, when a character is, it's what you're like when nobody is around, you know? Um, Antonio th- yeah. Yeah. Um, that's important to me. And, and, uh, character also is, is, uh, in my, my trade and I think this is really important is being a man of your word. Uh, there's There's oftentimes uh, you. You just got to come through and get it done. I mean, I've stood at a printing press um, at two o'clock in the morning because I had to get a job done. I told a guy I would get it done, and um, I've I've been in in a position where I haven't been able to get it done for. In sometimes situations like I had no control over, um, whether it be you know buying a product and it not being in stock, and and, and I'm in in the in a bad spot, right? I always felt it, it it hurt. You know, you'd be have a lump in your throat and just like ah, you know. Um, but just uh, if you have control and you have the ability just to come through. Be be honest and and come through for people and um, you know good things will happen.
1: Yeah, perfect, awesome, love That's it. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, coach,
2: where can they
0: uh, where can they follow you, Rally Factory, on social media, all that stuff?
2: Um, RallyFactory dot com has is a, a good information uh, page uh, for has all of our services and uh, and whatnot. Um, it's it's a show off. Uh, that my humble my humble page is here. Look what we've done. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if there's any of those services that you need, uh, that's there. Um, uh, on Twitter, I'm uh, I think it's Cali Zeb. I've I've really done with the the uh, golf team. I put a uh, a Twitter page, but I personally have um prim- pretty much eliminated social media out of my life. Not a bad uh, choice. I do have, I'm sure you can, with a name like Zeb, I'm sure you can search me. I, I do have a Facebook page, uh, but uh, I'm not active on it. Uh, it's been some years, uh, so uh, I apologize for those. But uh, you can send me an email. Yeah, my cell phone is, is available. Anybody who wants to ever talk, yeah, shoot, shoot me a message perfect perfect
1: awesome
0: you know what um one thing you, i'm sorry one thing you did mention i did want to bring this up because um you brought up steve eeks i know he's, i said we were gonna get out of here but I, we didn't circle back yeah, well. I,
2: he's he's uh he's yeah. somebody you could talk talk about
0: yeah well he so the last the last was it the last year we did the character combine and it was the last year we had the event uh we actually honored steve eeks and um he won the, uh, it was like the lifetime achievement award for coaching and mm-hmm. it was cool. I know, um, I know Harper played ball for him. Uh, coach Gunter was there. Um, I'm trying to think, I think there was a couple other guys that I recognized, but yeah, I mean, this is the, the stage at Folsom high school was filled with former players that played for him and it was mm-hmm. a pretty, pretty cool moment. So, um, I just wanted to give you a quick moment to share a little bit about, you know, what he meant for you as a, as a player of his
2: uh, he's besides him running the greatest amateur baseball team, uh, this nation's ever seen. And, and that's, you know, it seems, you know, how do you look up a, an amateur's record, right? The, the, the stats aren't, there aren't websites, uh, set up for this gr- group, but the, his, the people that he coached and played with, um, I and mean, there's just, name after name, you know, Metzger and Mark Martinelli and uh, there, you would like this one talk. There, there's this guy named uh, Martinelli. He won, he won a uh, JC championship at uh, Sac City. He won a national championship at Miami. Okay. Wow. I don't know his pro Bowl history, um, but he was a pitcher and uh, that guy would run up through a wall for Steve Eeks, who, wow who, yeah, uh, he threw, and this is off the topic, he threw a palm ball. And one night I was playing against them, and he a threw ball. me a palm ball, and I was hit, and I swear I thought that thing was going to hit me in the forehead, and it <laughs> dove out of the strike zone, down and away. The a thing palm was, ball, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so back to Steve, uh, Coach Eeks. I, I – He's a mentor. So after, uh, I played for him, he recommended me and I was not a, a regular starter for his, 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 Sierra team. You know, I, I walked on, I scrapped my way onto that team somehow and he gave me a uniform. Um, he didn't have to, uh, give any recommendations because I wasn't uh, the stud player that, you know, he needed to, to send to the next level. Um, but he made a phone call and and uh, got me a, a spot on uh, Cal State East Bay, which it's formerly known as uh, Cal State Hayward is actually what my diploma says. But you know that that's the type of guy he was. He he recommended me to the right level of of program that I needed to be at. Um, after the fact, um, he's I've reached out to him um, and he's been a mentor of mine. Um, and with with that mentorship. And you know it 's unofficial i just I always call him when i when I needed to talk to somebody and and to understand something over the years i 've talked to him a couple hundred times i 've never heard him say a negative thing about anybody about wow. anything he's and and kind of almost like what i 'm just learning here with this other guy is. Not that he didn't—he was super positive. In, in many cases, he was, but he just didn't go negative, hmm. and that's not his character. He's just—he's going to give it the way he sees it in the neutral way, and if it deserves the positive side, and that to me, he always finds the silver lining in every situation, and he's—he's he's given me countless. Uh, lessons learned and and just uh um on on the uh, other side is he's in some ways he's born and raised in sacramento Uh, i don't know all the history of of his upbringing but he grew up in a very tough neighborhood Hmm. i think he went to norte high school which is in the El Paso Heights and it's not even high school in Illinois. I think it's a it's a junior high school and he grew up in a rough rough neighborhood and and uh, played uh, played multiple sports went on to uh, play at Sac State starter and if he's not in the Hall of Fame he should be and and then uh, went and played pro ball and um, he's uh, he's a staple at Highlands High School yeah i um, been the athletic director there and and Think about the, I would consider Highlands, my shop is near there, and it's not the, uh, in his words would be, uh, he wouldn't go to the bad neighborhood. He's, it's not the best of neighborhoods, right? Um, sure. <laughs> and, and he's influenced. Uh, I've, I've watched him uh, be a PE teacher and, and a coach on that campus. He connects with those athletes. Um, it, it's, it's really special. He's he's an extraordinary person. That's
0: awesome. Yeah, and everybody that I've talked to about Coach Eeks has said uh, very similar things. So it's cool that when you have a coach like that, and the 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 through line is the same for all of the people that he's had an impact on, it's pretty pretty special. So yeah. uh, thank you, thank you very much for sharing a little bit about Coach Eeks. Um, Deb, where can they follow
1: us? You guys can follow us on Twitter at Sports Character, Instagram at Character Combine, Facebook, LinkedIn and youtube i think that's it that's it
0: okay you know you got it you got it coach (laughs) thank you so much man we appreciate the uh, time and uh stay safe and stay healthy likewise likewise thank you very much have a good night all right you too